2: Welcome into a Thursday edition of the podcast. Hope you all are doing great out there in Cougar Nation. Plenty to get to ahead on today's Locked On Cougars. We begin our preparations in earnest for the Arizona State game on Saturday. Catching up with Richie and Connor from Locked On Sun Devils, part one of a two-part conversation. We'll also talk about what we learned from media availability yesterday Aaron Roderick, BYU Offensive Coordinator, speaking to the media and actually hitting some very, very important topics that you'll hear ahead on today's show. And of course, we'll catch you guys up on everything else involving the Cougars that you need to know here on a Thursday. That's all ahead on the podcast. A reminder for you guys that you want to catch up on everything going on with the Big 12 Conference, with BYU being a new member, make sure you follow Locked On Big 12 wherever you get your podcasts. Josh Neighbors does a great job covering everything going on in the conference on a daily basis. Download it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, without further ado, though, let's get rolling here on a Thursday. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for September 16th, 2021. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thank you again for taking some time to join us right here on your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Hope you all are doing great out there. And a quick reminder for you guys before we get going, if you're just checking us out for the first time and our metrics indicate there are literally thousands of you who are just finding out about the podcast, first off, welcome on in. Make sure if you haven't done so already, hit that follow button on whichever podcast provider you're listening to us on, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or a host of other podcast apps and platforms out there. Make sure to join us every single day because as I am fond of saying, we aim to make you You guys the smartest BYU fans in the room. And the only way to do that is to make sure you listen to the podcast every single day. All right, getting going here on a Thursday. Aaron Roderick, BYU offensive coordinator, spoke to the media yesterday and really liked three different things I heard from him. They're going to be a little more long-form pieces, but I think you'll learn something from all three clips. So first things first, a little bit of a look back at the Utah game, Coach Roderick obviously very familiar from his time with the University of Utah of what Kyle Whittingham does, how he operates, what he likes to do on defense, especially against opposing offenses. Well, according to Coach Roderick, BYU knew exactly what was gonna come from Utah, had a plan, stuck to it, and it paid off.
0: You can't beat the Utes with finesse. I coached there 12 years, I saw it over and over teams try to run the ball Utah stops the run they make you one-dimensional the other team reverts to the pass then the pass rush gets going and that's when the turnover fest starts the hits on the quarterback the fumbles the interceptions and that's how they that's them in their formula to win forever and we knew as a team going into that game that we were not going to fall into that trap and we were going to run the ball for four quarters if that's what it took and uh, stick with it we weren't going to abandon what we were doing we believed in our plan we knew the game might be a grinder. You know, be a score in the 20s or something like that and we were okay with that we just just got to win by one more than the other team and so it worked that's not the same plan we want to play every single week you know we we want to be a team that's aggressive and we want to be a team that's balanced. And, you know, that's what we'll set out to do against most teams. It just it depends on the opponent. And so that was our formula for beating Utah. That might not be the the formula for winning other games.
2: I talked on both the uh, post-match or what we call a post-cast edition of the podcast, as well as my Monday film review about the fact that I took away from the game against Utah that BYU went and beat Kyle Whittingham and the University of Utah at their own game. What Coach Roderick said right there is he know he knew excuse me, he knew exactly what Kyle Whittingham and the Utes were going to try and do, and he said, "You know what, come hell or high water, we're going to hold our own, and we're going to go out there and make sure we do what we do and it paid off b y u bullied the bully, they really handed it to uh to Utah really, really impressive victory. And I got to tip my cap to Aaron Roderick and his staff. That's easier said than done. There's no doubt about that. But when you have a battering ram for a running back, uh, speaking of Tyler Algier, a very much talented uh, offensive line, maybe isn't necessarily operating at peak capacity, but still got a lot of talent. You just wore Utah down and Kyle Whittingham admitted as much. And he was gritting his teeth. He, he could not Bring, to, uh, bring himself to just kind of accept the fact that his team got beat at, in the same style that he likes to beat teams, but that's exactly what happened. Now, some other notes from uh, Coach Roderick is he was asked about the passing game, because obviously the numbers have not been ecstatic. We're not talking 300-yard games right now for BYU, but the yardage, well, apparently Coach Roderick doesn't care about that. He cares about other things when it comes to his passing offense.
0: Yeah, I'm not worried about the total yards at all. I think that's the most overrated stat in football. I did talk to our team though. We've had too many long foul balls. You know, where it's just like we, we took our shots in the in the Utah game, did not land them. We got a we got a critical PI call uh, in the end zone on a on a deep post corner route that Samson did a great job drawing the penalty and we came close on a couple other plays but coming close doesn't count I think that we're just three or four big plays away per game Uh, our point total is going up you know 10 or 20 more points if we just land a few of those shots and so we'll see I think I think those plays will come with time the thing that I'm pleased with about the passing game is Jaron's taking great care of the ball and no sacks We're we're protecting our quarterback. We're being smart with the football. And then we're being efficient. We've thrown five touchdown passes in two games. I mean, we're, we're getting touchdowns in the passing game. And so would I like to get some more explosive plays? Yes. But if we can run the football and we take care of it and we're getting those touchdown passes in the part of the field where it's tough sledding, you know, it's not always easy to run it, run it in, then we're going to win a lot of games. And so we'll keep working at it. And then the other thing just that's important to recognize is this is Jaron's second start this year, fourth start of his career. So he's played basically three full games in his college football career. And I think it's fair to expect him to just get a little better each game and see the game a little better and be a little more accurate and as as that progress continues, we'll be a little more aggressive.
2: I think the final point that Coach Roderick made there is actually the one we should most be paying attention to. It's the fact that Jaron Hall, folks, as he mentioned, has really only played three total or started three total games in his collegiate career. There is an expectation he'll continue to grow in this offense, get better with each game that he plays, and I would expect come midseason, you're going to see a different type quarterback. I'm not saying he's going to revolutionize himself and become like this Jim McMahon wannabe, but Jaron Hall. He's going to continue to improve. The more he gets comfortable with BYU's offense, the speed of the game, all that stuff, it's only going to benefit the Cougars. And I really like what Coach Roderick had to say about that because I think he understands what the expectation level is for a BYU quarterback because he played at BYU alongside some really good quarterbacks and saw what they had to endure. Well, he also now is coaching up those quarterbacks and he wants to make sure that they also are getting a fair shake from uh, from the fans. As much as they possibly can obviously they can't control all of that but very very interesting and of course some of you have reached out this week it's been a big topic on social media about the tight end unit i had a nice back and forth with coach roderick asking him do you have any concern about the tight ends lack of production so far through the season and here's what he had to say
0: no um not at all we threw the ball four times isaac rex last game and you know didn't work out through to him a few times a game before didn't didn't work out I mean he had 12 touchdowns last year most of them in the red zone and this year people aren't going to just let him get open you know easily he's going to have to work for it we're going to have to work for it um, last game Utah bracketed down Holker twice on third down I mean bracket coverage and he had no catches in the first game and they still bracketed him on third down um, with a safety and a corner. So people are going to try to make it hard for our tight ends to get the ball because they know they're good. And so if that's the case, we'll throw it to somebody else. And the, the the plays will come. It's it's early. It's two games. Those guys play a big role in our offense, and I'm not concerned about that yet. And, um, you know, sometimes it's they got to they get open, and sometimes it's uh, the defense is dictating that the quarterback has to throw the ball somewhere else. And Not concerned about that. It's it'll come.
2: Just a small follow up to that. When if a player ever comes to you and expresses their concern about their lack of production, and you kind of show them, hey, you've been bracketed here. Do you kind of point to them, hey, this should be a sign of respect that the team actually fears your ability?
0: Um, I might. It depends on the way they approach me about it. My most guys, I would just tell them, hey, we got a lot of other good players. So if you got complaints, you know, we'll play somebody else. that's that's a nice thing about having the depth that we have, is we have a lot of good options to throw the ball to. And I don't think you're going to see, you're not going to see, probably not going to see one guy with 12 touchdowns this year. You're not going to see one guy having 150 yards receiving every week. You're going to see different people step up and different people make plays. And that's that's part of being on a good team is we, we have, you got to defend the whole field um you know we're trying to make people defend every blade of grass out there and every every skill player on the field is a threat and uh you never know from week to week what's going to be there but our tight ends will they're gonna they're gonna get their share of touches this year and it's coming
2: there's a famous quote from Aaron Rodgers It's probably three or four years old now and remember when Green Bay started off a season pretty poorly and he got up in a media session and said, "Relax." R-E-L-A-X, relax. And I think that's what BYU fans, those of you listening to us, probably need to understand that BYU's tight ends, they're doing a a good job. The blocking grades uh, for Isaac Rex, by the way, especially during the Utah game, actually graded out out extremely well. And that is a good thing because this is a young man, speaking of Isaac Rex, who has aspirations of playing at the NFL level. There is one thing he's already better at and he's light years better at than a guy like Matt Bushman. It's in the blocking field. It's just really, really impressive to watch Isaac Rex just get it done when he's asked to block. and It's an elite skill set that obviously is going to benefit him as he tries to make the transition to the pro game at some point in the relatively near future. I don't necessarily think he's going to try and jump after this season, but he could. And I think that his blocking ability is light years better than some of the recent tight ends who have come out of BYU and gone on to have pretty decent careers in the NFL. So one thing to pay attention to there is the tight end unit, just relax a little bit. I think their production is going to come. And you heard Coach Roderick say he doesn't think that there's going to be a 12-touchdown guy this year just with all of the weapons that BYU has. A guy like Tyler Algier, in my opinion, probably is the lead candidate to be the guy to score the most touchdowns for BYU simply due to the fact that he's the workhorse. Running back and is getting the majority of the carries, but I think there's very much gonna be a distribution of the wealth in terms of the touchdowns, touches, all that stuff for BYU skill players. And I look forward to it and obviously hoping to see more from the tight ends in the near future, maybe even as soon as this week against Arizona State. Now, speaking of Arizona State, we'll begin to get you guys ready for that game. Had a chance to speak with the guys from Locked On Sun Devils, a new podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network covering Arizona State. Richie and Connor spoke with me. We'll get to part one of that conversation. Part two will be on tomorrow's episode as it gets ready for the game on the Friday edition of Locked On Cougars. But Part one with the guys from Locked On Sun Devils coming up in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Rock Auto. Of course, many of you out there rely on your vehicle day-to-day, just like myself. I have my daily driver that gets me to and from work every day. Well, we all want to make sure that our car is taken care of, but we also don't want to spend an arm and a leg to take care of it. That's where our friends at Rock Auto come in. They would—they want to, overall, their overarching theme with their company is to save you both time and money when using their website. Why would you willingly choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store car dealer? when you can go to rockauto.com and get the parts yourself for a less price. For an example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump, $353 from a chain store, just $216 from Rock Auto. It's a family business and serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years online. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. You don't get a special price if you're a a member, or if you're a professional, it's all reliably low, and the best part about this is you can go over to their website, search out your vehicle, and suddenly, there's every part under the sun from multiple manufacturers available to you guys. You can click and order exactly what you want, uh, search by price, search by specification, all of that stuff. It's customizable to your needs. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write locked on or locked on cougars in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Elevate Fitness. I've talked to you guys about my weight loss journey a fair amount here on the podcast in recent weeks, and it's all thanks to Rich and his team over at Elevate Fitness. The most important thing I want to tell you guys about Elevate Fitness is the simplicity of the system they have. That's what I love about it. That's what has worked for me as I have lost 45 pounds, folks, overall. Over 40 of it is fat. It's been a fantastic system for me. It's av- absolutely kind of been a life changer for me, a lifesaver in many ways, and the ultimate goal with Elevate Fitness is they want to get you guys healthy, metabolically healthy, and the way that they do that is teaching you about insulin and insulin resistance. Controlling insulin is the key to weight loss and metabolic health. It's study after study done by Dr. Ben Bickman over at BYU. He's done all of the research, and it's the baseline for all of the work they do over at Elevate, Elevate Fitness and their website, InsulinIQ.com, which I need you guys to do is go to InsulinIQ.com slash Elevate to learn more, and you can get a free initial consultation with Rich Hart, and it's no obligation beyond that. He'd love to sit down with you guys, whether it's in the comfort of his office in Orem at Elevate Fitness's gym. It's located at 147 West 400 North in Orem, or you can do it online from the comfort of your home. You have nothing to lose. I can tell you that much. I met with Rich way back in March. He's been a long time listener to the podcast, and in the six to seven months since then, folks, as I mentioned, 45 pounds lost, and I feel night and day different. It's absolutely phenomenal, and I'm sure that Elevate Fitness can help you as well. So get to InsulinIQ.com Elevate to learn more and sign up for that free initial consultation now with Rich Hart. You get that for free, and there's no obligation beyond that. So give it a shot, folks. That's InsulinIQ.com Elevate. Tell them that Jay Catch and Locked On Cougar sent you when you stop by. Please welcome in now the co-hosts of Locked On Sun Devils, Connor Drios, as well as Richie Bradshaw. Connor, Richie, thanks for taking the time. How are you, boys? Doing very good. How are you doing? Can't complain. I uh, appreciate you guys sitting down with me for a minute here to talk about this weekend's game. But I guess what I should start first off with is welcome to the Locked On Podcast Network. First off, uh, you as one of the newer podcasts on the Locked On College channel and looking forward to having you guys be a part of the family. Uh, let's start here, though. Arizona State, BYU, number 19 versus number 23. We'll start off with you on this, Richie. What is your feeling going into this game as BYU and the, and Arizona State prepare to battle for the first time in 23 years?
3: I'll tell you what, this couldn't have lined up better. You've got two very physical football teams that know how to run the football and stuff the run. Ironically enough, both of the teams have good run games and quarterbacks that can move the ball with their legs. So... It's going to be an absolute clash of the Titans between these defenses and these offenses. I think that these teams are as evenly matched as it comes. Both, both teams are ranked. It makes it that much more exciting. And we haven't had a game in 23 years, like you said. That's, that's the 90s. Some, some people that are listening, some people that are get, getting into college now, weren't even around in the nineties. You have some freshmen that are playing football that weren't even alive the last time the Sun Devils and the Cougars played each other. So this is exciting new territory. And I think that we're in store for a very good game. I think that at the end of the day, you can take home a win or you can take home a moral victory because these two teams are going to slug it out for 60 minutes.
2: Yeah, Connor, obviously the Sun Devils off to a 2 0 start here. Do they feel like they've proven anything to you, though, uh, through those two games so far?
1: ASU is exactly what we thought they were going to be going into the season. Uh, They've got a pretty stout defense. They've got a great run game uh, between Rashad White and uh, Chip Traynum, not to mention Jaden Daniels' legs as well. Uh, I, I think through two weeks we've gone through uh, really just watching Jaden try to progress as a passer really through the last two years as well. And it's not so much that the talent's not there because it it absolutely is. But we don't feel as a a fan base that Jaden just doesn't take enough shots downfield, whether that is taking what the defense is giving him week in and week out. Uh, We're just waiting for that game to part of his game to develop as well.
2: Uh, and I think that's a, a lot of people are wondering because I remember when he was being recruited and the University of Utah was very much in on his recruitment when he was coming out of high school there in Southern California. And there were a lot of people who thought, OK, this is a guy who's going to come in and really be a guy who is a true pocket passer who wants to push the ball down the field. I think he's surprising people. And maybe you can speak to this, Richie, with his ability to scramble. It seems like uh, he came in with this rep of his, as a guy who passed, I think, for 10,000 yards in the high school ranks down there in Southern California. But I think he got to ASU and suddenly he's a dual threat quarterback. I think that's surprised a lot of folks.
3: Yeah, so me and Connor have touched on this a few times and over the years we've got, I mean, obviously we only played four, four games last year. So I don't know if you can really call that a year, but we'll we'll say two years just for the sake of it. We We've seen Jaden... Um, progress as a passer, but he doesn't take those downfield shots that you wish he would do more of. And part of that is because they haven't had the field stretchers that they had. So you go back to Jaden's freshman year and he has Frank Darby healthy and he's got Brandon Ayuk, Two terrific downfield options with burner speed that are creative after the catch. And Jaden was making shots down the field. Obviously you wish that they would have taken more shots, but that wasn't the strength of the offense but Jaden was able to take advantage last year. We're kind of missing that Frank Darby was on the team, but he only played one game and he was injured. And outside of that, you besides that one game with Frank, you only had another three game sample size. So you weren't able to really see Jaden continue to take that next step. And through two games this year against teams that you were supposed to beat bad, you did beat them, but I was left wanting more from Jaden as a passer. So I'm hoping that he can start to unlock that, especially considering that was one of his biggest strengths as a, as a recruit coming out of Southern Cal. But all the talent is there. He's got a lively arm. He can push the ball down the field. I'm just ready to see him take that next step. But like you pointed out, he has taken over as this dual threat kind of quarterback. And it's funny you bring up Utah because I see a lot of Tyler Huntley to his game where He he's very safe with the football. He's not going to excite you. He's not, he's not like a Spencer Rattler where he's just going to push the ball all over the field and make like sports center top 10 highlights. Jaden is going to make highlight reel plays, but he's going to do it in a, in a much safer, almost passive way. So he's exciting, but he's not exciting at the same time. Like if you watch 60 minutes of Arizona state football, You'll sit there and he'll blow you away. And then there's other times where you're like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of wishing you did a little bit more, but okay. that's also us being fans and being greedy. Right. So.
2: I can understand that. So uh, Connor, in terms of his receiving options, I know that LV uh, is, is it LV? How do I pronounce his last name correctly? Is it Bunker Shelton? Is that what it is? Bunkley Shelton. Bunk- so he I mean, has the Shelton. first two
1: letters, which is like, like, that's, that's half of it technically. Yeah. Right. So that's all that matters. Uh, so we do have Bunkley Shelton who is tied for the, the lead in receiving yards. Uh, but Richie and I just don't feel that there is a elite number one wide receiver in this offense so far. Okay. So between Bunkley Shelton, we do love uh, Ricky Pearsol. He's a little bit more of a, a gadget, do it all kind of guy. Uh, Andre Johnson uh, is a, a freshman coming into this year who we feel uh, can step up and be the number one, but maybe without his experience, it just may not happen this year. Uh, one of our dark horse favorites as far as candidates go for wide receivers is uh, Johnny Wilson. That man is 230 pounds, six foot seven. And if you're going to watch anybody as far as wide receivers go this weekend, that man can block and is going to take on whether he has the ball in his hands or not. He's going to take on defenders and you'll see him push people. Okay, I wanted to also ask you guys
2: in terms of their offensive line. I think it's been a question mark in the past if they're going to be able to give a guy, uh, give give a guy time to pass the ball. How is ASU's offensive line look so far this year? I guess we'll throw that one to you, Richie.
3: So the line has looked stronger. They had four of their five linemen returning from last year's team, and it, it's a solid line. I don't really see anyone that's going to be. And all-American or anything like that, but the line has done its job so far. You've got plenty of time to set up the pass, and you've got run lanes for days. Rashad White and Tripp them have been able to eat on the ground. Even Daniel Nagata, the third-string running back, has been able to make some plays. And obviously, we see Jaden taking off with his legs. So. It's a, it, it is a very good line. It's a very solidified line that has a lot of experience to it. But they're definitely going to be tested this weekend. And the one thing I do want to see is them be able to step up and absorb a pass rush that's better than what Southern Utah or UNLV can provide.
2: There you go. Part one with the boys from Locked On Sun Devils. We'll get to part two tomorrow and more of a full preview of tomorrow's game along with my prediction and all of that fun stuff. But a big thank you to both Connor as well as Richie for taking the time to join me here on Locked On Cougars. Coming up here in just a moment, we'll wrap up today's show with the other news and notes you need to know as a BYU fan here on a Thursday. The schedule for other BYU teams. Rumors out there involving Kalani Sitake and the USC Trojans. We'll touch on all of that in just a few moments. Today's podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Sweat Block. Their wipes are clinical strength antiperspirant clinical wipes that are absolutely phenomenal, folks. What I love about them is they allow you to stay dry no matter what the situation is. Whether you have a huge date, you've got a presentation, you've got that awkward moment that you just cannot avoid. We've all been there, and we've all pitted out, and it's just absolutely awful. Well, that's where our friends at Sweat Block come in. It's a doctor-created and doctor-recommended wipe. It works for up to seven days per use. You shower, you wipe it on your underarms, you go to sleep the next day, you wash it off, and then you're good to go. They have a dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you will get your money back. It's been featured and tested on the Rachel Ratio by actual firefighters actually going into a fire. It's pretty incredible. And more importantly, it's a best seller on Amazon for the past 10 years and currently number one in Amazon antiperspirant category. So you know you're getting a very good product when it's the top dog on Amazon's website. Best part, it's also manufactured right here at home in the USA. So give it a shot, folks. Go to sweatblock.com. You can save 20% right now by using the promo code LOCKEDON at their website. It is also available on Amazon and also on your local store, CVS shelves, CVS Pharmacy. Check it out there. But if you want to save that 20% off, it's sweatblock.com using the promo code LOCKEDON. One final time out on today's show to talk about our friends over at Bet Online. They are back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron right now as teams are back as they start another football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. They have a brand new updated site and interface with even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double- your initial deposit for free just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100 to take advantage of that. From football to basketball to baseball to boxing, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available from our friends at BetOnline. They are the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. That's all available at BetOnline.ag. They are your online sportsbook experts. All right, before we go here on this Thursday, let's run down the other news you need to know as a BYU fan. First things first, there are rumors out there, and they are well-founded, that Kalani Sitake is a potential candidate for the open coaching job at USC. Now, do I think Kalani Sitake is on the short list for the initial wave of top guys that USC is targeting? No, I do not. I don't think he has the cachet that USC is going for. They both want to win the press conference. They also want to win on the football field at a high clip. Kalani Satake offers the latter, in my opinion, not the former. He's not the sexy name out there. And obviously, there's going to be names like Urban Meyer. There are going to be names like Bob Stoops, Chris Peterson. We're talking the who's who of collegiate coaches. And this is one of the premier jobs in college football. The cachet, the national relevance, the USC enjoys. You cannot put a premium on that. But I do think that if USC were to be turned down by a bunch of different people, Kalani Sitake would move up that list. So while he may not be one of the guys that I think uh, USC is probably breaking down the door to say, hey, we want to interview you right away, don't be surprised if you hear more and more about Kalani Satake. It's hard to ignore what the Cougars have done. Do I think he ultimately gets the job in L.A. with the Trojans? No, I do not. But I also think that Kalani Satake would be dumb not to pursue any and all avenues, no matter how much his heart may be with BYU. The good news is, is I think BYU, if they wanted to, they could step up and really make sure he's taken care of, giving a, give him another fat contract extension, increase his pay, all that stuff. But, It's only a limit I think BYU is willing to go to before they're going to say no thanks. So I don't know. Maybe I'm up in the night on that, but I do think that Kawani Satake, yes. Could he be a candidate for, for USC down the road? Absolutely. But I don't think he's necessarily in the top four to five guys that USC probably is targeting initially and we'll see how things play out now other news involving the Cougars the BYU women's golf program shot an eight underscore of 280 in the final round to post a 54 hole score of 858 and come from behind to win the Dick McGuire invitational at the UNM championship course on Monday congratulations to the BYU women's team really really cool way to start off their fall season with that victory it is the first time since the 2015-16 campaign that the Cougars have kicked off their season with a win in their first event so congratulations once again to all of the players involved with the women's golf program it's a phenomenal phenomenal start to their season also something that i missed over the weekend is byu held their home meet uh, in terms of cross country at east bay or what is now known as Timonogas golf club both the men's and women's teams swept the team titles as you would expect on their home turf so congratulations to them uh, the women's team is actually headed back out on the road They will be participating uh, down in Florida, if I'm not mistaken may have misread that, but they're headed back out on the road relatively quickly and obviously looking forward to seeing them back out there running and they're ranked very highly. Both teams currently in the top five nationally speaking, the men's and women's cross-country programs. Now, the final notes for you guys is there are two teams in action tonight. The women's soccer program is in action at Southfield. They'll be taking on Idaho State. Uh, that game scheduled to kick off at 7 p.m. It will be streaming on BYUtv.org and the BYUtv app. Radio broadcast with Gregor Bell on the call, 7.9 FM also the BYU sports network now right next door literally next door in the Smithfield house BYU will be hosting Utah in women's volleyball huge match both of these teams nationally ranked absolute critical match for BYU of course for in-state dominance that match will be televised live on BYU TV also streaming on the BYU TV app. And match time for that one also set for 7 o'clock. So if you're planning on going to either contest, well, traffic could be a little bit of a doozy. So, Get there early and obviously enjoy the both matches as they play out. All right, that's going to do it. Oh, by the way, I just saw it. Uh, Florida State Cross Country Open is where the women's cross country team will be competing. It'll be Appalachee Regional Park in Tallahassee, Florida. That'll be Friday, tomorrow, early, by the way. Uh, 6, 10 a.m. Mountain Time, I think is when they get things going. It's 8 o'clock, obviously, there in Tallahassee. It's hot this time of year down there, so I can understand the early, early start. But best of luck to the women's cross country program in that meet all right that's going to do it a big thank you once again for joining us make sure to follow the show on social media facebook instagram or twitter at locked on cougars my personal twitter feed if you have interest in my musings on all things sports please follow me jacob c hatch is my handle and as always questions concerns advertising inquiries or just overall general nonsense you can reach out via email anytime locked on byu at gmail.com is the address all right that's going to do it have a great day this has been the locked on cougars podcast for september 16th 2021 and we will talk to you guys manana